Hello, this is the great Matt Guide with you once again from the Kingdom Corner Podcast, where we discuss all things relating to the kingdom of God. We discuss and dissect what it is for us to live the kingdom of God, culture, or lifestyle on earth as Jesus prayed in Matthew 6, as it is in heaven. This is the second month we've been with you, and we started out our podcast doing a series on filling the earth with God's glory, and we ended up that podcast last month talking about being a transformer, where the Spirit of God was in you, you were transformed like a transformer that transforms like water into electricity or power. God's Spirit wants to transform or be transformed inside of you in power to come out of you then and do good works, to be the light of the world, just like out in a regular transformer, out on a river, it transforms the power of water into light. That's what we ended up with, and now we want to back up a little bit and begin to really define for you what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is. So friend, have you ever wondered when we spoke of, when we speak of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, if that was something that was in the future for you when you left this planet? when you're either raptured away with Jesus in the rapture or when you leave this earth and your body dies. Have you ever thought that that's what it was really referring to? Or does it mean something that's relevant for our time? We're gonna start a series today, Understanding the Kingdom of Heaven. Today I want to talk about episode one of Understanding the Kingdom of Heaven, or A, would be the relevance of the Kingdom of Heaven. Now last time we had begun to talk about, or I had shared with you, a passage that I believe God gave me as a theme for this podcast. I told you I'd break that down a bit, so we'll begin this episode of the relevance of the Kingdom of God by defining what God meant in this verse a little bit. Psalm 145, 10 to 13. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord, and your godly ones shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men your mighty acts and the glory of the majesty of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Psalm 145, 10-13. So let's look at this and break it down a bit. These three verses that David penned under the inspiration of the Spirit in Psalm 145. All your works will give thanks to you, O Lord. Your godly ones, and again we're talking about the saints of God, shall bless you. And if you listen to the first three podcasts of the Kingdom Corner here, you will know that the saints are the ones and the angelic hosts that produce the glory of God. It's a commodity that's produced and then shown out to the world. By blessing God, we begin to produce glory in the world, which we've also learned that God works in to do his works in creation, to do his good works. They shall speak, here it is again, of the glory. Speak means to declare or command or pronounce. 
That's what we're to be doing as saints of God. We will declare or pronounce the glory of your kingdom. And when we talk about kingdom, the Hebrew word is malkuth, malkuth, and it means to be set up in a kingdom or be made king. It has to do with royal dominion, a reign or an empire. It has to do with royalty like any kingdom. That's what we're talking about there. Glory is produced as we speak of your glory and as we bless you, as we bless God, as Matthew 6.10 then says, and then it is becomes on earth as it is in heaven, as the saints begin to do that by what they say and by the works that they do. And we talk of your power, and the power means mighty acts or mastery or testimony, as we testify of the good works of God, okay? So that, that's breaking down the first part of that. To make known to the sons of men, that is the world, your mighty acts. And the glory, there's that word again, the kabod, the manifest presence of God, we're talking about when we talk of glory, and the glory of the majesty. It's a countenance, it's a glory. It's reminding me of the when Jesus was transfigured, that glory shone out in a brilliant way. And that's what God wants to do through his sons. And the glory of the majesty of your, again, there's that word, Malkuth, of your royalty, of your reign, of your empire. Your kingdom, there the word is again, is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. And when it talks about its enduring, his kingdom goes on and on and on. It's piling up. It's building up. It never decreases. It's always increasing. That's what the Hebrew is, is bringing forth there. Your everlasting kingdom, olam, is the hidden word. I love this word. It means perpetual, never-ending, and yet there's another meaning it means. And this is what struck me when I read through this last night and studied it. Olam means hidden or concealed. It reminds me of the old movie, Indiana Jones, and they were searching for this chalice, I think, in one of the last movies of the series. And this chalice, if they would drink of the Holy Grail, they were Indiana Jones in the search for the Holy Grail. If one would, supposedly, if one would drink from water from this chalice, they would live forever or have eternal youth. And that's much like the kingdom of God. If you'll taste of it, you'll live forever. But this chalice had been hidden somewhere. And they had to find it. That's what the whole movie was about, trying to find that chalice. And nobody knew where it was. It was hidden away, and they were looking for it. The kingdom of God, though it's right there in front of those who will see it, it's hidden and concealed. It's not easily found. It won't be found in your own pride or the strength of your own might. You have to rely on God to find it. It's hidden from the ordinary man or woman. And that's the beauty of it. And so that's what we're on a search for. We're on a search for, in the kingdom corner, of all things that apply to the kingdom life and living, as Jesus said, on earth as it is in heaven, bringing the kingdom. We're in that search of what that means. And so we're talking about understanding the kingdom of heaven and the relevance of the kingdom of heaven to you and I today. And we're just going to talk a few more minutes about that in episode A or one of Understanding the Kingdom, the relevance of the kingdom of heaven. Now, you might be confused. I think a number of Christians are. When you read in scripture, you see kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God. 
So what we're going to do here is we're going to apply number one principle of biblical hermeneutics. Now, have you ever heard of that term? Biblical hermeneutics is simply, in Hebrew, that word, or Greek, I should say, that word means to translate or interpret. It's the science of biblical interpretation. It's an exegesis, an exiting out from the Scripture, what the Bible authors, the Spirit of God, really intended. Paul told Timothy to rightly divide or dissect the word of truth. We want to dissect the word of truth in detail to find out what is the kingdom of God? What is the kingdom of heaven? Are they the same? So let's get right into that. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God, you'll read a lot about that, those terms, in the Gospels. And a lot of times the kingdom of God was referred to by the writers Mark and Luke. They're the ones that use that term the most, because they were writing mainly to non-Jewish people. They were writing to the Gentiles. They were writing to the Romans, so they would use that term, the kingdom of God. Whereas Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, that disciple, would refer to it as the kingdom of heaven because he was addressing the Jewish people with the Gospel. And we know the Jews never wanted to mention the word God, so he would use kingdom of heaven. So it can be interchangeable. Kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, we're basically referring to the same thing, all right? And we're going to get into that a little further. And sometimes, though, when we're talking about defining what the kingdom of God or kingdom of heaven is, it can be a little confusing, a little complex to understand. The Gospels, of course, and the Epistles, and even Revelation, they all have different connotations of meaning. So we want to get into that. They have different ideas of what is meant by the author, by the Spirit of God. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of God? We can go back in history and we can talk about they thought Christians, quote-unquote, back in the day, back in the time of the Crusades, they thought their main mandate and mission was to bring the kingdom of God on earth, and that meant to force everybody to be under the kingdom of God, to be under the rule of of religiosity, as it were. And that's why we had things like the Crusades in Asia Minor, trying to impose that on the world. And yet we know that that does not work. And Herod was questioning Jesus once. Are you going to set up your kingdom here? Are you going to rule on earth? Are you trying to take over my empire? And he told Herod, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. So it's a heavenly kingdom. It's not something that you can enforce or impose on people. It has to come from the heart. It's like I said, it's hidden from the average man or woman. You know, it's hidden from Herod. He didn't understand. The disciples themselves did not understand because they thought Jesus was coming here to start a revolution, as it were, to overthrow the Roman Empire. And that wasn't what he was doing at all, as we come to find out. So that's the first two things you have to understand. That kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God, it depends on the author and how he's using it. And that it's not always easily understood. That's why we're using hermeneutics, interpreting scripture with scripture. In other words, we're going to find out as we read the scriptures what the kingdom of heaven is, what the kingdom of God is, and its relevance to us. That's what we're looking at today. So with that, let's look at point one of my outline, and that is the kingdom of God. When we look at these scriptures, many Christians think this way. Well, when you speak of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, we're speaking of our time when we get to heaven. 
And there is a truth shown for that in Scripture. Let's look at a few of those Scriptures. And I have this label in my notes as the kingdom of God referenced in a future setting or time, or the kingdom of heaven. They're interchangeable the way I see them. Revelation 11:15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The book of Revelation is about the wrap-up of time, the wrap-up of the earth and the heavens, the beginning of a new heaven and new earth, when everything is culminated at the end of this world. So it is about a future time, okay? Revelation 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, he who accuses them before our God day and night. So there's where the devil is defeated. And it ultimately goes on in Revelation, and he's cast into the lake of fire, as it were. So again, it's, it's a future time setting, a future time. 1 Corinthians 15, 23-24. But each in his own order. Christ the firstfruits, after that, those who are Christ at his coming, then comes the end, the end of the world is what he's talking about, when he hands over the kingdom to the God and Father, when he has abolished all rule or authority and power. So that's the end of the world, as it were, when Christ is ultimately victorious and hands the kingdom over to the Father. So we've talked about the kingdom of God in those scriptures in Revelation and Corinthians as being something in the future. So there is precedent in scripture for the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven to refer to that future time in heaven and when everything will come to an end on this earth as we know it. But that's not all there is, folks. There's a lot more, and that's what we're talking about when we're talking about the relevance of the kingdom of heaven, what I'm really getting at when I'm speaking about that. So let's get into that a little bit today. Second point. First point, the kingdom of God referenced in a future setting or time as shown in Scripture. Second point, the kingdom of God is referenced in our here and now. We call this, or I call this, an immediacy, an urgency of the kingdom of God. Matthew 3, 2, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Matthew 4, 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and say, repent for the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, is at hand. In other words, it's here and now. The NLT version says the kingdom of God is here, or the kingdom of God is now. Why repent? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or near. It means the kingdom of heaven, that word near means near. It's like my desk is near me. This microphone is near me as I speak into it this morning. The kingdom of heaven is near you. If you have the eyes and the heart to see it, it will be near you. It will be beside you. So why repent? To see the kingdom of God near you. Repentance simply means to have a change of mind, to have a change of mind and heart. And then you'll have the perception to see. It won't be hidden anymore. It isn't just 
like a lot of evangelicals, we've all been taught, a lot of us, it's not just running down to the altar and boo-hooing and crying over my sins. That's the small part of it. It literally means in the Greek language, a change of your mind. Repent! Have your mind changed. The kingdom of heaven isn't just pie in the sky for when I die that I might go and have my mansion or little cabin over there. It's for here and now. Have a change of mind. Change your mind about that. Sure, there's a future reference and application, but it's also for you today, right now. It's beside you, wherever you are. It's beside me here in this little office as I speak to you, because I've had a change of mind about that, that it's not just all meant to be for heaven. So that's very important. Transformation comes when we have repentance. Be transformed by the renewing, making new of your mind, it says in Romans. Doesn't mean we're going to do everything perfectly, that we're never going to trip up and fall again, but it means we basically have our mind changed. Near means the kingdom of heaven has arrived, like I said, right beside you. Yes, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God was in Jesus, but because Jesus dwells in you, it's also in you. Let's read a few more scriptures that bear this out. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is is the main word there. Not in the future, but is, if you're poor in spirit. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. And we know there's Christians in the world who have been. Perhaps you're listening today, you have been. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 6.10, one of the main scriptures about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Not just in heaven, but on earth as well, your kingdom Come. I really believe that. It's for the beside you now. It's for here and now. It's not just for when we leave this world and join him in heaven. Let's go on. Matthew eleven twelve. From the days of John the Baptist until now, until now, that's now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent men take it by force. I must say I want to go further on these two scriptures, Matthew 6, 10, and Matthew eleven twelve, we will dive into those more deeply at another time. Those are very key scriptures in understanding the kingdom of heaven, but we'll do that in another episode, maybe a couple episodes. Matthew 12, 28, but if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, which Christians are to be doing, I've seen Christian friends do that, I've been involved in praying for people to cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Matthew 21, 43. Therefore, I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you. See, somebody has the kingdom of God and given to people producing the fruit of it. So the kingdom of God, what that really means is for there to be a production of fruit, for there to be a production of godly works like we talked about in bringing the glory of God to earth in the first three episodes of this podcast, for doing good works. And if you're not doing that, then that kingdom of God power will be taken from you and given to another. Luke 17, 20 to 21. Now, having been questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, 
nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. Behold, for behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. And he was referring to himself. He was right there with him because the kingdom of God was inside of Jesus and flowing through him. Yet, like I began to show in the beginning, it was concealed from them. Their eyes were blind to it. Their hearts were blind to it. Romans 14, 17. There's some other scriptures that are a little different. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 4.20, For the kingdom of God does not consist in words. You know, the Christian faith, the Christians out there today, all of us have been guilty of doing a lot of talk, talk, talking, preach, preach, preaching. I love to preach. I love to teach. But that consists in not just words, but in power. Are your words powerful? Are your words bringing transformation, Christian? Minister? Are my words bringing miraculous power of the kingdom of God? Not so much, but it will be. It will happen. I'm believing that. Colossians 1.13, the last scripture. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. He rescued you from the kingdom and domain of darkness and transferred you to the kingdom of his beloved son. Colossians 1.13. That's not talking about some future time. That's talking about the here and now when you come into relationship with the Father through giving your life to Jesus. He's transferred you. You're in the kingdom of his beloved Son, in the kingdom of God right now. So that today is the Kingdom Corner podcast, and we talked about the relevance of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And we're starting a journey these next number of weeks, maybe months, on understanding the kingdom of God. That it isn't some pie-in-the-sky, ethereal thing, but it's here and now, right beside you. Let that thought, let that be a call to action to you today to begin to access the kingdom of God in your life and realize it's right beside you for you to tap into. Make sure... You hit the subscribe button in Google Play or in iTunes. Please come back and join us in the Kingdom Corner where we're discussing all things about the Kingdom of God.